size pants around my beautiful little food belly. <laughs> welcome to Chronically Fully Sick. Yeah, welcome. All right, welcome to episode 24 of Chronically Fully Sick. We are recording today on the stolen lands of the Aora and Gulen nations. Sovereignty was never ceded and this was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to episode 24 of Chronically Fully Sick. This episode, when young Chloe learns that she'll be going on vacation with her family to a small town called Nilbog, she protests adamantly. She is warned by the spirit of her deceased grandmother, Jo, that goblins populate the town. The town's name is Goblin, spelled backwards after all. Somehow, despite all of the obvious warning signs, nobody believes Chloe. Guided by the spectre of old grandma, Chloe's got to find a way to save the fam from getting goblined. Goblined up. Goblined up. <laughs> the worst part is I know what this is. <laughs> do you? Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's you that do. horrible movie Troll from the 90s, right? It's yeah. so funny because it's named Troll and there's no trolls in it. Only yeah, goblins. Troll too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a documentary about um, Troll 2 that's really fantastic. Really? A yeah, documentary the... about Troll 2? Yeah, the best worst movie ever, I think it's called. My God, yes. It is. As soon as you said Nilbog, I was like, this bitch. This, <laughs> <laughs> this bitch. This bitch over here. Um, oh, my God. All oh, right. Wow. Welcome. Um, so if you would like to get updates on us and the Chronically Fully Sick podcast where Joe says things about piss and <laughs> we talk about horrible movies from the 90s, uh, you can do that on Twitter at Chronic Full Sick or Instagram at Chronically Fully Sick or you can get in touch with us via our website, chronicallyfullysick.com. We do also have a group on Facebook called Chronically Fully Sick, which is filled with lovely spoonies who chat about all things chronic illness. Uh, and rate us and please like do the little review thing as well because it actually helps uh, a lot of people find us and we would like to get our little fingers out there as far as possible to as many spoonies as possible so ew mm, (laughs) that was gross sorry yeah yeah look I mean there's so much disinformation out there and people saying bullshit about health and whatever me getting my fingers out towards people is that's not the issue i just think they're focusing on other things there's there's bigger fish to fry just encourage people to listen to an actual you know well-researched podcast about do you want me to redo that bit no (laughs) no no keep going fuck that was all I had to say, which is awful. Anyway, let's um yeah. Honestly, How you, should, are you? you shouldn't listen to this podcast. Go listen to one that is better researched and, you know, just they have some semblance of professionalism. Um mm. Yeah, mate, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I am. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I feel mm. like I'm trying to fit so many things in my head at once that now I no longer care about any of them. Is that my, does that make mm. sense? Like mm. my apathy has mm. gone up, like the amount of stress and everything has gone up, but the apathy has gone up even more. So, um, yeah, 
I'm, uh, yeah. How that sounds I? like but... chronic debilitating depression to me, Chloe. <laughs> Have you been to a doctor? Because I feel as though you may have severe debilitating depression. Yeah. Uh, yes, 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 I do. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I yes. do. You are correct, sir. Um, mm. Yeah. So, look, I, I don't really have a lot to say. I went to uh, South Australia for Christmas, which was a wild old time. I made the decision uh at the end of last year that I was going to go, but I was going to go quite a while before Christmas because I know that when it mm. got to Christmas, all the flight, like flying and everything would be absolutely mm. fucked. Um, I was scared they were going to close the borders because as soon as people start travelling, obviously numbers are going to go up. Um, mm. So, yeah, I made the decision to get there earlier, which I'm so glad I did because exactly what I expected was what happened. Um mm. Yeah, so like how to find Christmas, you know, family members got COVID, things were cancelled, it was... Oh my lord, that sounded so stressful. Yeah, look, it's when I say it was fine, it was a, it was a bit of a shit show, but you know what? Mm. Mm. Bigger fish to fry. Bigger yeah. fish to fry. And the, the yep. apathy, <laughs> the debilitating depression makes me care about none of it. Um, yeah, so back in Plague Town now, I've left the house twice since I got back to Sydney on like... December 30th. <laughs> wow. Um, well done. Yeah, I've left the house twice. And one of those times it was like I left the house to go to the chemist, came back home, um, and my best mate that who I walked with and like we were masked the entire time and everything like that, we both like were messaging a couple of days later because it was like ding, 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 like COVID cases at like the chemist over and over. Like it was just nonstop. So I haven't been pinged yet. Really? I go I yeah, been that? many times. It's like as soon as I walk into a place, someone with COVID like is like, Oh, I must go. <laughs> They're chasing me. No, um, God loves me. Oh yeah. You're because you're blessed a and highly special... favoured. Like you are blessed and highly favoured. Um, yeah. yeah, whereas I, you know, am bathed in his blood. No, I'm not. It's uh, uh, I don't know. Um God does not like me. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the only the only good thing I can think to 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 let you know, so it's not just like oh god, everything bad, is that um the disabilities issue of Archer came out since we last. Recorded. Oh, that was a big hit. Yeah, it was uh, such a big hit, and like they had a really amazing launch party, which was like online and completely accessible. Like they went to so much e- effort to make sure that absolutely everybody could be included. Um, you love to see it. We love to see it. Yeah, and. It was really, really amazing. It's like I've had so many people message me since it came out to sort of say that they'd never seen anything like my, they'd never read anything like my essay before. I've had the most amazing response and working with them was an absolute dream. So yeah, it's been awesome. And the coolest thing that happened is, is that like, this is the first time my photography and illustration has been printed in a like, you know, like I've oh, good. had it in like digital spaces before, but like this is the first time it's been like in print and um, hard copy, hard copy, baby. And mm. in one of the photos, I've got like fake nails on, and I'm holding my cane, which is like the floral, floral cane that I have from Kmart. Um, mm. And someone actually messaged me like doing like a recreation of my photo, like side by side. It was really, oh, I saw it, that. It made me so happy. I was like, my heart, I can't. So yeah, that oh. is my my one happy thing that I can think of. What about yourself? How are you? Um, I'd prefer not to be working. That would be cool, but I get mm. to do that from home, so that's okay. Yeah. Um, I've been having some success with some medication I'm on for the old fibro. Good. Um, 
I've just been taking stonking amounts of THC, my dude. Stonking amounts of yeah. THC. Yes. Yeah. We love yes. to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> and my pain specialist got this incredibly expensive cream mixed up for me, which is full of like two different types of ketamine or something. I'm like still confused gabapentin. about what that cream is. It's Look, yeah. it's just got heaps of ketamine in it, mate. Yeah. That's all you need to know. It's, it's, um, it seems like absolute banana pants. Like I know. bonkers. I'm I'm confused by it. Yeah, but I just rub it on me and it seems good. Yeah, and I love yeah, it. just a little bit of gabapentin and that has been helping pretty well. And I've even been doing some running, which is mm-hmm. someone as as lazy as me, but also with the hardware in my leg that I have, it's and fibro and everything. I was about to I say, I can't believe like, it. I I struggle to do any cardio just with like fibro and I know. Just, and you know my crippling depression um <laughs> that you with yeah. the, your hardware in your leg i don't know how how I don't know you're running should you yeah. be running uh, probably not but, uh, <laughs> you're like <laughs> it's a win but obviously yeah it i really can do dangerous. it i've been swimming some laps or whatever but like today i'm really i feel fucked and yeah. it's hard to breathe so mm-hmm. oh, i've got yeah. that like chest tightness and pain that we get sometimes Ooh. Yum. You know that? I do. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes when I like, it's hard to tell as well. It's like, you know, when people have a panic attack and they think they're having a heart attack, Mm. I have that with fibro as well, where I'm just like, I get these chest pains and then I'll get like what feels like heart pain. (laughs) Yeah. And like pain down your arm. Yeah. Is it a panic attack? Is it costochondritis? I think that's called, isn't it? I don't know. You know what I like with long words? Yeah, I went to the hospital for that last year sometime. I knew what it was, but I was like, eh, chest pain, I guess i got to go. And it yeah. wasn't so hectic back then with all the all the COVID yeah. stuff. Ch- chest yeah. pain, mm, guess I better go. Yeah, <laughs> isn't I mean, that it doesn't fully... cost us anything. Yeah. yeah, but isn't that fully I know like what a, it spoony, is. a spoony mood where it's just like, oh, well, you know, I guess there's the risk of me dying. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, best, best pop off, off to the hospital, yeah. I guess. Be- Better not have a heart attack in front of my partner. I'd kind mm. of freak him out. Yeah, exactly. I really don't want to freak anyone out. I guess if I do, nah, something nah. does happen. So uh, I guess I have to. Don't go you find this time. that that's a thing though? Like getting health stuff done because you don't want to like worry the people around you. Less so oh, of like fully. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that anymore. But like the thing that I think now is that I have to go and do it because what's going to happen to Noodle if I can't? If I hurt yeah. myself or something like, yeah. Yeah. Noodle's the only thing I worry about now. But when I was in a relationship, I was constantly like, yes, I will. Uh, I don't want mm. to like faint and freak you out. Yeah. Mm. It's definitely a thing. Our pets would just eat our bodies anyway. It would <gasps> be fine. I looked into this after I moved into an apartment by myself. It's like four days for cats or something. Like Noodle would eat my eyeballs within four days. Oh, when- my dog would take, let's say, two four minutes hours. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'd just Bats. be sleeping in my skull. Yeah. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, she like nuzzles into you. She like, mmm, tasty. <laughs> why, can't, why can't pets um, stay as old as us and then be slaughtered when we die and have to be buried with us? Like Egyptians, like when yeah. they would take their cats with them into the... Yep. Yeah, yeah, I would That'd absolutely. That would be nice. I've, I, I made that joke to my mum when I was in SA. I'm just like, yeah, I want one of those like mortuaries, like Versace-esque kind of mortuaries. Ooh. And then like get um, Noodle like mummified with me. 
Oh, how cute. It would be cute. Yeah. Oh. Hey, yeah. speaking of dying. <laughs> um, Fuck, um, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You got yeah. the booster, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of dying. Sorry, that made my um <clears throat> smoker's cough come up. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to deal with that. Yeah, so I got the booster and I'm actually on my second day and do you mm. know what? I feel like garbage. <laughs> I feel like garbage. So I So we a, both got Moderna. We did, because one, it's like there was something that came out that was like getting Moderna after having Pfizer has like a better something i don't know it's like 10 percent better coverage or something like that something like that i can't even remember what it was we're probably going to have to find it before we uh put out this this episode otherwise fuck it it. do you do your own research yeah you dicks um (laughs) no so yeah there was that but it's also dolly parton's vaccine so i was like i'm gonna get dolly parton's vaccine because she's a perfect angel from heaven and she can do no wrong Look, um, friends of the podcast, Trill Billy Workers Party would probably have something interesting to say about oh, that. Really? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to be that guy, but no, like, don't ruin Dolly. The working for me. conditions Ooh. at Dollywood are pretty bad. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. Oh, that's from so people that sad. live there. Yeah, but anyway, sure. Let's pretend I didn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> stop ruining. Now I'm gonna suck this vaccine out of my arm. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, what was the what was the thing from the last episode? Or it's like potatoes or like potatoes uninjecting yeah. un- un- it with a yeah. needle. All right, so I just got to get a needle and a potato. So that's fine. Don't worry. Yeah, look, it's I. It's not as bad as what I expected. I was pretty bad yesterday. It felt like I was just like filled with lead, and um, I had knives in every single one of my trigger points. But you know what? I've actually had worse. So it was it wasn't as bad as what I was expecting. Your reaction was Mine what was I was expecting. Really bad. Yeah, yeah. I've had bad reactions to all of them, and I just feel like it's important to talk about it. Like we're not dissing, you know, the vaccine and totally. saying people shouldn't get it. You just have to like have an expectation of what it might do to you. That's all, yeah. and be prepared for it. I think it's like one of the things that like the chronic illness community and the disability community have really been doing the doing the most when it comes to educating people on on shit like this, where it's like, you know what, Mm. we have had to like take a gamble and take medication that may or may not work and all of that kind of stuff deal with side effects because Mm -hmm. of a certain medication and, you know, that we have to take for, you know, whatever. I feel like we're used to it. And so when this came around, we were like, of course we'll get the fucking vaccine. Like, you know, one, we're not dicks. And two, we're kind of used to this. Whereas, like, I feel mm. like the general public, they're like, side effects? What? Mm. Like, I know. Like, I was basically yeah. paralyzed for a day, man. I couldn't walk properly or move mm. my arms or grip anything. And- was it numbness or was it pain that you experienced? But like stiffness like when you and were... pain, yeah. Oh god, that's awful. Yeah, it's I'm really sorry. bad. Yeah, yeah, that's all right though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think we just have like a bigger distress tolerance for health stuff in general. So I like, so. I think we're actually a lot um, more resilient than a lot of other people. Yeah. During a this pandemic and time. resilient. Yeah. Mm. It is one of the uh, small wins of being chronically ill um, and or disabled. Like when a pandemic rolls around, it's like, you know what? We've got this shit down. Our house is mm. stocked with fucking Panadol. <laughs> we've, got, mm-hmm. we've been doing this for years, honey. Like we know what it's like to stay home all the time. You know, like we're good. Well, speaking of like um, viruses causing, you mm. know, 
our bullshit. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. So I'll just segue this into our general news section now, Chloe. Yeah, please do. Which is called Bits and Bobs. Um, Your so British this- accent has all of my ancestors rolling in their graves. <laughs> <laughs> so... There was a, there's been a bit of a buzz in the community this week about a new study that's just come out of Harvard saying that they've had the strongest evidence yet that multiple sclerosis is caused by Epstein-Barr virus, which Mm is uh, more commonly known as glandular fever or kissing disease. I think the um, Yanks call it mono. Yeah, Yeah. because it's mononucleus or something like that. That's Uh, the the technical name. Yeah, it's it's mono. Good science in there, Chloe. Yeah, I actually (laughs) looked it up the other day because when I first saw someone share this story, I was watching Mm. Brooklyn Nine-Nine and it was the episode where they've got mumps and they bring up mono Ah, or something. And I was like, what is mono? Like they talk about it in all of these American things. And I Googled it completely by chance (laughs) at the same time that this story came out. Yeah. Well, as it says, um, the Epstein-Barr virus is a kind of herpes virus that spreads mainly via saliva, for instance, by kissing or drinking from the same glass. Um, It's the cause of mononucleosis. I don't know if I pronounced it right. Hey, sometimes known as glandular fever. Um, Initial infections may cause few, if any, symptoms, but once the virus gets into immune cells called B cells, it lurks in them permanently. It can reactivate and cause issues later in life, including cancers. That's news to me, too. Mm. Um, MS is caused by the immune system attacking the protective sheath that wraps around nerves, leading to symptoms such as difficulty walking that worsen over time. So the difficulty with demonstrating that Epstein-Barr is the main core, like cause of MS is that nine in 10 people actually have it. Yeah. So in order to... Um, it's one of the most common viral things in the world, isn't it? Epstein-Barr? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I've got it. I know you've got it. Yeah, we yeah. do. Um, I sort of was curious to ask people in the group whether or not they had it and then what they have, mm. because there's a lot of evidence to suggest that, you know, as we're seeing with COVID and long COVID, that stuff like fibro, even reactive arthritis, and we've talked about it a little bit, um, is a post-viral syndrome. Yeah. And it's, mm. like there's, I reckon over the period of time that I've been chronically ill and sort of active in the community, I reckon I'd vast majority... of the people that I would have spoken to would have said that they had Epstein-Barr or they've had glandular fever or they had one of those things and then all of a sudden they were chronically ill, you know? Or, like, Mm. over time they became chronically ill. It's just such a common story. So there's there's been, obviously, needs to be more scientific research done. What they did was um, look at the blood of US military personnel because Mm. they have to have it taken regularly and stored. Yeah. Um, only 5% of recruits were uninfected with the Epstein-Barr virus when their first blood sample wow. was taken. Out of 10 million military personnel, 955 developed MS, typically around 10 years after their first sample was taken. Yeah, right. Hmm. So it's not a huge amount, but I think it's pretty interesting. It's still, yeah, it's still, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it is realistically. Like, it's a lot of people. Only one of those who developed MS tested negative for antibodies against the Epstein-Barr virus. Another 34 were uninfected when their first blood sample was taken but became infected before being diagnosed with MS. These findings provide compelling data that implicate Epstein-Barr as the trigger for the development of multiple sclerosis, uh, right? William Robinson and Lawrence Steinman at Stanford, California. 
Now, the initial trigger for multiple sclerosis has been identified. Perhaps it could be eradicated and a vaccine being developed. So they're actually uh, Moderna, who we were just speaking about, announced um, pretty recently, I think on January 5th, that they had began testing a candidate mRNA vaccine in people. So that's kind of what we're seeing now. Oh, right. It's possible that like the the way that this vaccine has been fast tracked could end up like helping people yeah develop a vaccine around well, the M- um, um, glandular M- mnra M- mrna mrna <laughs> i was like wait yeah. hold on a second yeah um, yeah like uh, there'll be totally new vaccines for like illnesses that we haven't ever had vaccines for, for before and all of that kind of thing it just seems like mm. it's completely changed the landscape a bit i don't want to say that COVID was beneficial in that way, but it seems like mm. we wouldn't have had a lot of these new vaccines and focuses without it. So, mm. anyway. so I think what it's saying is that a few of them were infected and developed multiple sclerosis, but all of them had Epstein-Barr yeah. is the point of the study. That isn't so clear. And then I think that plus some additional factors can trigger it so like as we've thought of ourselves like perhaps it's post-viral syndrome connected to some sort of traumatic event or accident or something like that in general I think is the story that happens yeah certainly for myself same and it's it's Mm. really strange where it's like we've this like the community as a whole and you know advocates have been saying this for many 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 years oh yeah (laughs) so long oh yeah and so long it felt like doctors whoever we spoke to at whatever level would just brush it off and be like oh yeah but you know it might be that but it's probably not it's like Mm. "Mm, but you maybe you guys should try and look at it like we don't know what causes it (laughs) but we're doing nothing to try no yeah Yeah. why would they that's 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 crazy town i'm glad it's being looked into because ms is a very very tough thing to live with um yeah you got tested for it as well didn't you yeah well they actually thought that i had it for a a year and a half and so like Mm. we're trying to put me on medications for it and i Anyway, yeah, I won't go into that. So, yeah, I remember the story. guy that um the guy that we're tunnel bunny buddies <laughs> over like telling me about that. Yes. <laughs> the guy we're tunnel I said tunnel bunnies tunnel bunnies. Tunnel bunnies. Right <laughs> Hello, my beautiful tunnel bunny. Hello, my tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Uh... Um yeah, no. And I was like, oh no, that poor bitch. Yeah. She seems cool. She, she, she seems nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they thought I had it for ages. It was really frustrating. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but I've got these parts of it, but not these parts of it. So I was asking mm. for second opinions and they just, mm. you know, when they sort of give you, as soon as they give you a diagnosis, it's they're kind of like, all right, go away now. It was very that. So yes. I was, yes, I do know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was struggling to get anyone to fucking listen to me, you know. So, yeah, that was a fun time, a really fun time in my life. Um, what else have we got here, bitch? Yeah, speaking of uh, fun times in one's life, um, someone mm. shared a story in our group the other day and it, I read it and, like, nearly burst into tears because it, exa- it reminded me so much of my previous relationship. Um, <laughs> so there's this woman on TikTok that basically ripped into her partner 
um her for, husband sorry <laughs> <laughs> roasted her husband absolutely fucking roasted her husband um on tiktok about um just sort of like the mental and physical load of sharing like duties in the house and all of that kind of stuff and like the ableism that exists in that space so she's disabled he's not mm. but okay so before i go into this my first question is i don't understand how she, these people are still married. However, mm. <laughs> I, <laughs> we persevere. So Bonnie is a 31-year-old disability advocate and student who has been disabled to some extent her entire life, uh, in quotes there. So she says she was born with several genetic disorders. But a lot and of she's symptoms, super hot too, by the she's way. She's super fucking hot, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that, that is the genetic <laughs> disorder, hotness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so, like, she's had various different things. She has a multiple neurological conditions, lots of comorbidities and a brain injury. Um, she speaks about a lot of different things on her on her page, but a lot of it is to do with, you know, disability and all of that kind of stuff. So, anyway, her dick shit of a husband um, <laughs> just decided that he couldn't do the laundry correctly. And How? she, I just don't. So she, the yeah. screenshot of this, of this TikTok video is her in the foreground pointing with her thumb at her husband at the back in front of the washing machine. He's facing the washing machine and she's just put a, an arrow down that says like 33 year old man. It's like, he can't mm. do the laundry correctly. This is a 33 year old man. Like what the, f- I don't fucking understand. How? Anyway. How? It's a machine. It's not, you, it's not a washboard. Yeah. And like. It gets, oh, even a washboard. A it's like, it's fucking simple. It's like beating your laundry against rocks. It's not fucking rocket science. Um. Mm. So in the video, she explained that for the millionth time, she'd had to teach her 33-year-old husband how to do their laundry properly because every time he does it, he totally bungles it and claims he just can't do it. Mind you, he can do it, Bonnie says in the video. He's a perfect execution engineer. This man is an engineer. I'm so upset. I know. Why are men? So anyway... She further explains that years ago she suggested they put, a, put up a whiteboard with laundry instructions so her husband could have a guide of how to do it. For years he ignored that idea until recently when their marriage counsellor suggested the exact same thing. Meanwhile, she still had to tell him what to write on the whiteboard even though she's been telling him the same thing for years. Throw this whole man in the garbage. Like, I've noticed that this... Learned helplessness fucking... Yeah. It's weaponized incompetence is, I believe, the yeah, term that's that they what use on, t- yeah, on TikTok yeah, yeah. at the moment. It's, yeah. yeah, where someone pretends to do, like, pretends that they don't know how to do something just so you, you'll do it instead. And it is super common for the men's to do it. Well, you do see a lot of this kind of stuff with a lot of cishet dudes. Yeah. Just pretending they don't know how to candle a crying baby or yeah. stuff to do with motherhood and that kind of stuff. It's very prevalent. But anyway, so... Yeah, this this TikTok by Bonnie inspired thousands of comments. Um, and a lot of people were talking about weaponized incompetence and the gender imbalance um, and like mental load of domestic duties and all of that kind of stuff, which obviously is a conversation that we've got more of today, um, but still it's not great. And it's, you know, mm. comes mm. down. It's a learned behavior as well. She 
goes on to say that one of the other revelations that she had wasn't just weaponizing competence and, uh, you know, the gender imbalance and that kind of stuff, but she had a great revelation about ableism in her relationship saying, as a disabled partner, I realized that I'd some that I'd been accepting the bare minimum and sometimes less than that due to internalized and external ableism. It's been a re- very mm. rough six or seven years medically for me and my ability levels have changed a lot. Toss in a few brain surgeries, multiple abdominal and spine surgeries, almost dying twice, heaps of stress and ableist people telling me that I was just lucky he didn't leave me when it got bad and I had the perfect recipe for some pretty hefty ableist guilt. Mm. I felt so badly for putting him through all of that fear, exhaustion and stress of watching me suffer and all the unknowns that I felt like I had to make up for it. So I did. I Mm. bent over backwards trying to make things as easy as possible for my husband. Even in my hardest moments, traveling multiple times for life-saving surgeries, I handled everything. I felt like I needed to compensate for being disabled, compensate for the stress and to compensate for him not getting to do normal couple things. Uh, Like most couples took vacations and we traveled for surgeries. So, yeah, basically she goes into, like, how she was completely overcompensating and so basically she taught her husband how to do absolutely nothing, less than the bare minimum, because he just got used to her doing everything for him. When she did start asking for help, something, she says, something I have great difficulty doing, and when I asked for help, I didn't get any. Hmm. I think it's like this mix of weaponized incompetence, gender stuff, and ableism. Like, package that all together and it's like perfect storm kind of thing. But it's also something that, like, I experienced in my previous relationship. It's uh, something that a lot of chronically ill and disabled people deal with. And it's right, the yeah. first time I've ever seen anything about it. I've never seen anyone talk about this at length before. And it's... Like I said, I guess because of that internalized ableism, though, like the fear yeah. of calling it out would be like, you know, am I being too critical? Will this person leave? I suppose. Totally. That is probably true because this story went up on BuzzFeed and since mm. then her TikToks have disappeared. Like she's gone locked down into private, all of that kind of stuff. Because I think people were mm. then trying to find his page and then start like, abusing him. Start abusing him. Mm. And so, like, yeah, she right. obviously or has already said they're in couples counselling. So it's like, no relationship needs that stress, whether it's, you know, okay or not. Oh, hell no. It's so hard to speak about because, yeah, it is a massive issue. And yet we're always so scared that our partner's going to leave us. Yeah. Although this doesn't describe my current relationship, I can definitely hear. You okay? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was just nearly tired. Oh, my God. I just keep getting things stuck in my throat at the moment. I don't know why. Like, you're giving up smoking, aren't you? I'm trying to. I'm, I've cut mm. down a lot. So, is this just like the black lung? That's all coming shit up? just coming up. Yeah. <laughs> this is all the great, the tar. Yeah. No, you do cough up heaps more shit when you stop. Yeah, right. That sounds great. Anyway. So glad I'm I was saying. <laughs> um, this doesn't describe my current relationship, thank fuck. But. Mm. Um, I can definitely recognize a heap of behavior in there from mm-hmm. my some of my past ones for sure. Yeah, and for I think sure. it's one of those things are like, as you said, even if it's not what you're experiencing now, you sure as shit have experienced it in the past. Anyway, so this story is really, really cool. I'll, we'll obviously put it in our um, episode notes. It rem- also reminds me of the relationship you can have with work sometimes as well. Mm. Like yep. because you're you've got – 
an illness or a disability or something, you let them get away with a bunch more shit because you you don't want to yeah. – because you feel like you can't work to your full capacity. Mm-hmm. And I kind of know thing. they are overcompensating and, you know, all of the expectations, setting that expectation because I'm overcompensating because I feel so guilty about being sick. And then when I do eventually start looking after myself or asking for help, they treat me like hot garbage. Yes, mm. it's mm. a it's a whole pattern of behaviour that reaches across a whole bunch of stuff. I think absolutely, yeah. Ooh, so anyway, yes. <clears throat> we're going to go into the big chunky part of the podcast, yes, right? Yes, which big and is chunky. It's big and chunky. <laughs> yeah, just like the um, new boobs that uh, I have now because of Lyrica. Oh, hot daddy milkers. <laughs> Oh my god! I was before we started recording. I tried to show Joe how much my boobs have grown, and she just yelled, "Big Daddy Milkers!" <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, all right, <laughs> I have to go." Uh, it's true though. Yeah. You should see these cans. I yeah. So I don't know if everyone knows what I look like who listens to this podcast, but yeah, I've always. I modelled for most of my life. I was a surfboard. I was like a cup or less, like mm. whew, like straight down. And, yeah, being on Lyrica for, like, three or four months and all of a sudden it was like I woke up one day and I was just like, what are these? (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) Like, fully just slinks out of bed like Jessica Rabbit. Like, (laughs) Mm, (laughs) slinking out of your little rabbit hutch. Mm, Sexy. Anyway. A little bunny tunnel. (laughs) Big chunky part of the podcast is... Da-da-da-da! It's COVID. Sorry. Ditch. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we will do an episode. Maybe our next episode should we should minimize the COVID talk and try to do it on a specific thing or something like that. Yeah, yes. look, I know, but there's just so much. There's so much. There's so it's, much. And yeah. there's so much talk within communities around how this response is basically kicking sick and disabled people in the ass real mm-hmm. hard. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people wanting to talk about it, a lot of people feeling like they're not being heard. So we're here to make you feel less cuckoo gaga. You know yeah. what I mean? And also to hopefully to make you guys feel like someone is, you know, there are people that are trying to make this heard, um, you know, not saying that we are like beacons of the community or anything, but, no. uh, you know, we are, we, we do are, pa- blech, we do are passionate. Um, we are passionate <laughs> about, you know, making sure that our community is as heard as possible. So look, unfortunately, yes, there probably will be a lot of plague ditch um, at mm. this present time. Because, mm. yes, look, the ditch is very wide and it is uh, all-consuming. <laughs> mm. so, In any case, yeah. here's the intro. You look like hell. Yeah, I just got back. It's time for the plague ditch. So I actually am going to start this off with something pretty weird and interesting. Yeah. Just to, like ease us into the uh, hot tub of disease. Yes. I found this super interesting article about some new scientific developments in Japan around COVID. Mm -hmm. Japanese researchers are now using ostrich cells to make glowing COVID-19 detection masks. Wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah. A new way to rave, Chloe. A new... Fashion for the bush door. This is, is what we need. That's what we need. We got to do it. We can put it in some glow sticks. <laughs> I know. We, we, we simply must do it. That is the major priority 
of this. So I, as soon as I saw it was Japan, I was like, of course it's Japan. Of course. Yeah. Um, so a team at Kyoto Prefectural University has invented a mask that can use ostrich antibodies to detect COVID-19 by glowing under ultraviolet light. The birds have a really strong resistance to COVID from what I have read. So it's just coated with ostrich antibodies, which sounds like ostrich wow. jizz or something. Yeah, I don't it does. know. Yeah. <laughs> How does one get these antibodies? Oh, good so, time to be an um, ostrich. They wear these masks for eight hours. And after eight hours, they remove the filters and spray it with this chemical goo. that glow- It makes it glow under ultraviolet light if it's present. Um, so it'll glow around the mouth and nose areas. And they're hoping to actually further develop masks that glow automatically without special lighting, lighting if the virus is detected. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yep. So that's pretty interesting. Like that's I thought it would be weird, weird, cool. weird if you're walking around and seeing people that had COVID. Yeah. Is like why are you bad? walking around? Yeah. Why are you walking around? Go home. But like you might not know yet. Yeah. So this is this is being developed as a. Um, it needs an alarm. It doesn't need to glow. It needs an alarm. I it's know. Like beep beep. Go home, dickhead. Like. I know. Maybe like, this what if is just the Australian. Yeah. This maybe I guess that's the Australian in me. But yeah, a thing that goes beep beep. Go home, dickhead. It sounds like a lot more. Go home, dickhead. Go home. Go home. Go home, dickhead. Yeah. But I feel like if you're walking around and you had a mask glowing, people would just be like, "Oh my god, fuck you." I, like, yeah. Exactly. I think it could create Need some like street violence, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but not like in Japan, mornings... obviously. Yeah. Look, it's. I just think it should alert you as opposed to alerting others. That's that's my hot take on that. Very mm. cool. Think ostriches are sick, but um, yeah, maybe a mask that alerts you more so than other people who can then beat the crap out of you because you're yeah. out of the house spreading yeah. the COVID. I mean, yeah. it would it would lead to some kind of better self policing or something is maybe the idea. I don't know, but yeah, it's an interesting one. That's yeah. for sure. Personal responsibility, mm. but with some. You know, like with a stick instead yeah. of a carrot kind of <laughs> yeah, with, some, yeah. with some light punching. The threat of violence without the government directly <laughs> directly threatening you. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, totally. That yeah. So, and can I just say, guys, I know that people have been saying that COVID can be, they're saying COVID can be cured with urine therapy, all right? <laughs> you can stop sending me... <laughs> You stop sending me the articles. Look, mate, if you've one brought, person you've brought is this up on, on yourself. <laughs> you brought this absolutely on yourself. Joe, like, constantly sends me fucked things about <laughs> urine therapy, about just gross. Like, what, what was the that? one you sent me the other <laughs> yeah, day? I'm Fuck. Up now. <laughs> you sent this to me. Okay, so I opened this message that Joe sent me the other day while I was in a meeting that, you know, I just. One of those meetings that I had to listen to for a long time as opposed to actually <laughs> participate in. So I kind of zoned out, looked at my phone, message from Joe, opened it. And um, it says... Yeah, go on, Joanna. Can, can smegma be used as an old... <laughs> you, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. It's actually a picture. Like one it of is. those picture posts with like doves in the background. Yeah. It was like what someone had posted in one of those fucked groups that Joanna like traipses through for for content. <laughs> Can smegma be used as a healthy cheese alternative asking for friends? Yeah. And then so, you say, what on <laughs> I didn't know what smegma was. So I, in a work meeting, Googled <laughs> smegma and went Bleh! and did vomiting noises. And my next message to you is 
I googled it during a meeting. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> Fuck you, Joanna. I hate you so much. It was and the worst. <laughs> I answered by sending you this, another screenshot. Last week, someone posted about neem oil as a spermicide. Any mamas who use this? How long will my vagina smell like old peanut butter? Is there something you can do that masks the scent? I don't know what's worse. It, like, yeah. them asking this question in general or them referring to a vagina as a vagina. Vagina. Yeah. Mm, it's kind of cute. Pe- yeah, but th- that's these people always use cutesy terms for just their body parts and it's just like mm. you guys should, yeah it reminds me mm. of Elliot from Scrubs that couldn't say it and I'm like you're an adult grown woman like you need to just say the word vagina anyway stop saying bunny tunnel <laughs> <laughs> no that one's fine I love that one yeah that one's cute. all good yeah um so yeah you've brought this on yourself is what I'm saying yeah, okay. um you've spoken I, but about I'm piss saying. and smegma and all sorts of fucked things on this podcast and so when <laughs> people see the piss curing omicron piss man piss man trying to cure his omicron <laughs> with with pissy pissy piss juice people are going to send you that fucking story so you it's reap true. what you sow bitch um, so after being arrested for not wearing a mask in court, in a courtroom, after being released, Christopher Keyes, a, he's apparently a huge anti-vax activist. Oh, shock. Um, he, there's a video of this guy mm. in what looks like a fucking TAB, um, <laughs> giving a speech to someone. I'll insert by this- the way, if you don't, if you're overseas, this is, if you don't know what a TAB is, it's one of these really sad rooms in sometimes in shopping centers and weird Mm. places it's like a pub where you you do lots of gambling but there's no pub there's no drinking it's just somewhere a room that people people go to to gamble in every variety anyway Mm. this sad man in a tab the antidote that we've seen now and we have tons and tons of research is And I know to a lot of you this sounds crazy, but guys, God's given us everything we need. This has been around for centuries. We've got research after research, documented, peer-reviewed, published papers on your end. No, you fucking don't. Peer-reviewed papers. We've got peer-reviewed papers. We've got peer-reviewed. He meant to say peer-reviewed. Peer-reviewed. Oh, my God. (laughs) We do. We have this. They have been doing this for the last nine months now. I thought it was centuries, mate. Um, yeah, no, and- <laughs> he was just about to say. He's like this ancient thing, and then ancient. Yeah, they they love and to say anything's right ancient because they know like the white hippies will jump right on that. This makes no sense. And what he has right now is all anecdotal because you know to put together a randomized double placebo study with this is kind of tough. So I don't know. They just hang so they have their he- own rope, man. <laughs> and they say that. So he's saying they have studies and peer-reviewed papers. But now he's but saying they don't. They don't. <laughs> yes, in Actually, the next sentence. In the next sentence. He doesn't even try to hide it. Now, okay. this is my favourite sentence of this bit. Oh, God. Um, okay. And I might just put a clip in it, but I'll just read it for now. Mm. I literally just had this conversation with Dr. Unclear. <laughs> Dr. God. Unclear sounds really Dr. trustworthy. Yeah, I know. He sounds good. And I trust my life with this man. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not telling anyone to drink their own urine. You just did. But I drink my own urine and I've drank my own urine for the last 23 years and I'm still alive and I drink bleach, not bleach, chlorine di- dioxide. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. He's, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So this man who drinks his own piss and bleach 
Mm-hmm. He isn't a doctor, obviously. He's not telling mm. one, anyone to drink their own urine, but he is. Yes. Um, he's saying he's got peer-reviewed papers and studies, but he's also saying he doesn't. Yep. Okay. Great. Good to know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Love this. Yep. And he, yeah, he drinks his own piss and bleach, but bleach. Yeah. Yeah. So, chlor- chlorine dioxide is just bleach, no? Yeah. So, I mean, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I drink I'm bleach. So confused. Not bleach. Chlorine dioxide, which I was under mm. the impression was okay. I, I'm just gonna. So anyway, up. needless to say, that doesn't work. Yeah, doesn't work don't, for anything. Don't drink your own piss and don't drink bleach. That's all I'm saying. Mm. It doesn't. Mm. Um, you know. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but like, I just wanted to put some clips of this guy in here because this speech is just wild truly wild um so i thought i would just address this before everyone else keeps emailing me about piss man yeah um put it on yourself i know i know enjoy your pissy pissy emails thank you thank you you're so nice to me um, and the other maniacs that I wanted to speak about today. Mm, um, yes, more maniacs. More mani- multiple maniacs. Yeah. Um, so friend of the pod, Tom Tanuki, who is a fantastic anti-fascist kind of researcher, let's say, yeah. has been posting a lot of content. Yeah, he fucking rules. He has been posting a lot of content, reposting a lot of content from Byron Bay anti-vaxxers. Yes. Now, as we know from our deep and scientific long-term investigations of one Peter Evans, (laughs) Northern New South Wales, I love that we could probably get jobs as investigative journalists after this if we really needed to because the the shit that we have done, (laughs) we've... We're good at our jobs. That's right. What can we say? So yeah, Northern Rivers, Byron Bay, Mullumbimby basically needs to get blown off the face of the earth and just re mm. rewilded. Nature should kind of take over, yeah. sort of like an exclusion zone kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be beautiful. Um, absolutely, so he's just been... a bomb it. Yep. Deal with it. Yep. No, yep. absolutely agree. These people. Um, So he's been posting heaps of videos. And as I'm sure you know, um, there are a lot of people that are trying to get COVID. um, Yes, COVID chasers. Yes. I have been reading about this. It's really a wild old thing. Mm. Maybe we should go into that in in deeper detail at one point. Totally. But there's people like called COVID chasers. I think that was a term coined pretty recently. Mm. I saw an article in the ABC this morning of people going out partying, hoping they can get it so they can schedule it into their fucking uh, social schedule and just get yeah. it over and done with. It's, yeah, I saw this. I think I saw the same story and it's like, oh, but if I get it now, then I, you know, I'll be able to take leave at this point of the year, but I won't be able to take it um, later. So it's better that I get sick now. And it's like, yeah, you can get sick later as well, though. Yeah, <laughs> and you can get sick for a really long time from yeah. it. It's like if the, you happen to be unlucky. Yeah, it's like the uh, chicken pox. 
parties of like the boom oh, the 90s Lord. and all that kind of it's shit. It's not the same thing. I know. These people are like... <laughs> they think it's the same thing. They think it's the same thing. And also, but like, even then it, it wasn't a great thing to do, but we just had less internet to be able to talk about all this kind of stuff and For information. Real. It was just as dangerous then, you know? Like, it's, mm. it's one of those things that like anti-vaxxers have relied on like the parties thing for millennia. <laughs> like, oh, so no. many generations. Yeah, they love but it. But it's kind That's- of like with this group of people has kind of, for want of a better word, mutated Mm. into something else. So to quote Tom, I've been sharing the best, worst of their alt-reality approach to the Omicron outbreak in my Instagram stories, sharing my pain and making my followers upset. I found shamans who speak to COVID, thanking it for improving their skin's shine. I've seen it now, Tom. We don't want our skin to be shiny. We want it to be glowy. Just yeah, no. <laughs> there's a difference. Shiny if to you me want... means like lacquered with sweat, like not. Great. Yeah, like, like I am now. Yeah, say right now, right Someone now. Someone get me some blotting papers. It is I need my fancy blotting papers. Yeah, it is swampy in Sydney, and it is definitely swampy in Melbourne because we are wet. <laughs> wet. I I do have not shiny skin. Way. I've um, got very oily skin, and that to me is oh, not same nice there's a difference between glowy and oily anyway continue mm. um i've seen it called a cleanse at least a dozen dozen times can you believe this shit as um, in people saying getting covid is a cleanse of the system yep oh these people why are these people allowed to roam the streets it is not safe continue. i've watched influencers encourage their unvaxxed followers to contract the virus naturally and that once you've had it you level up Basically, the novel coronavirus is being reframed by the wellness community as a Byron Bay health retreat. Worse, they've been intentionally sharing the virus with each other at community immunity parties. Fuck off! God, they're just having like full scale, like eyes wide yeah. shut without the mask. Oh, they're not that imaginative. They're just no. rolling around farting on each other. Yeah, it's the just like they're all just pashing away thinking they're doing something apart from, oh God, yeah. Uh, they're happening in the Northern Rivers and reportedly around the Gold Coast too, which has massive unvaxxed infectious infectious. I was going to ask. Rates. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm I'm not wasn't too sure about the numbers for Queensland and in general. So, yeah, a large portion Coast of that is. is Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, I just want to say that these videos are wild, mm. and it's really hard to. Tom sort of posits in this article that. Is any of this really their fault or is it the government's fault? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because they obviously like, have completely bungled this from start to, well, obviously not finished, but now. Um, so he says, possibly a little in a granular way, I do think that if you need a ventilator after shunning a life-saving vaccine and intentionally contracting COVID, you're a frivolous use of a ventilator. But on the whole, a thousand grifting wellness shamans could not in all of their lifetimes do the damage that the Australian government has done to this nation in a month by abandoning yeah. responsible pandemic management. The entire anti-lockdown movement could not do this. They did nothing. What did their movement really demand? Exactly this, a return to character for Australia. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, not definitely not untrue. Um, mm. Yeah, the anti-lockdown stuff is, is hard because it's like, it is, there's so many moving parts of, of that where it's like, you know, there were like Nazis that were leading it. There was, you yep. know, people pretending to be like tradies to do stuff. To, there's a lot, a lot going on there if you look into the anti-lockdown protests that happened in, mm. in, especially in Melbourne. But it's a return to like the Australian character. It's, you know, that is a 
what's the word that I'm looking for? You know, a brave thing to say in this age of uh, the internet troll. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's definitely not untrue. Like, Australia has always been this way. We have we are a country with a very violent history, like colonial history, so mm. it's something mm. that we... And we're seeing, you know, all this border protection carry on at the moment as well. All of this could be mitigated by talking about a collective public health response and, like he says, mutual aid... You know, I think a a language that a lot of these people could understand would be talking about mateship and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I feel like that while I find it completely isolating and disingenuous does speak to a certain portion of the population. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's this hasn't been framed in that way and it could have been more helpful if it was. Yeah. For sure. It's definitely worth a read. We'll we'll link it in the um in the episode notes as usual. Tom's Instagram yeah. is wacky for this stuff and is a really good watch, but it's yeah, it's really something. People trying to commune with the virus and talking to it when it's inside their body and mm. Yeah, it's that's pretty um, damn trippy. Oh my god, like doing like a seance? Like sort of like, yeah. like with a Ouija board, like fully being like, oh, it's speaking to me, the COVID. Wow. Kind that of. Is, that is wild. Wild stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. will definitely be uh, looking at Tom's Instagram more because that is, that sounds horrific, but also very up my alley in terms of mm. you know, things are going to make me mad anyway. So it may as, be, may as well be something that's up my alley. Thank you for that. Speaking of the things that make me mad, um, there has been a bunch of articles that have been I've been reading recently that have popped up in my feed that have made me want to throw the glass that I'm drinking out of out at the wall. Um, but then I'd have to clean it up, so that sounds. It's like hard to work. it's hard to resist ruining your own house at the moment. Hey, really is yeah. I think about like mm. smashing something on a regular basis, and then I'm just like, oh wait, like I rent, but I have to get my deposit back. Yeah. So look, there's been a bunch of articles popping up, and content warning for stuff that is very eugenics e, because mm. as as much as it it isn't you know your classic violent and horrific version of of eugenics this is like yeah yeah it's definitely starting along those lines and it's very scary so if this is something if that's something you uh, don't particularly want to listen to then maybe skip ahead a little bit um so this is apparently written by a senior lecturer in political philosophy at the university of sydney um Mm. luara ferricioli Ferricioli. Ferricioli, maybe. Ferricioli, yeah. Um, look, I'm not good with, with Italian. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it might be Laura. Or have they misspelled Laura? I don't know. Anyway, um, so basically has written a article saying that this is long enough. We need to go back to the way it is and we, sh- we shouldn't be needing to sacrifice everything for people who are disabled and chronically ill. So the, I'll, the bit that I'll read to you is this. In sum, the vulnerable are not being thrown under the bus. The risk of dying from COVID-19, even for the vulnerable, is simply no longer so high that those individuals have a moral claim on everyone else that put their lives on hold. One, I never... Yeah, never, okay. <laughs> never, never said that I have a moral claim over what you do, but um, you can go do whatever the fuck you want. But I also have the... Uh, 
the right to tell you that you're a fuckhead. <laughs> like it's, you know, like you can go do whatever the fuck you want. I, I, but I've got the right to tell you that what you're doing is a shitty thing to do, and you're prioritizing yourself over your, over the community as a whole, not just disabled mm. people. Your community as mm. a whole. Two, the risk of dying from COVID nineteen is simply no longer so high. That we apparently have, I think everyone's been told that Omicron is like a milder thing. That is absolutely not the case. And it's been like, it's been stated pretty fucking widely that Omicron is definitely not milder. If anything, it's more similar to like the original one that was in Wuhan. Mm. Guys, it's still really bad. Lots Mm. of people will be on ventilators and die from it. It's not like, oh, now it's just this little like pansy cough thing. Like you'll be fine. No, there's so much Can I much just say risk. too, they're like, oh, it's just a flu. You know, people die from flu all the time. Hey, that's not acceptable either. Yeah, like, that sucks too, guys. Like <laughs> there's thousands of people. I think it's like hundreds of thousands and like, this per ki- year. And this kids need to go back to school mm-hmm. thing. I feel for parents, totally. Yeah, same. But my God. Like my partner is a teacher, mm. you know, and I don't hear teachers and students in this conversation. Yeah. Kids need to go back to having a carefree childhood, as it says in this article. Yeah. I would love that. We all would love that. But we don't know what this does to young people's bodies in the long term. Exactly. Why why aren't you talking about that? And I think the thing is, is that whenever they bring up things like kids need a carefree childhood and that kind of stuff, you are just using that as like a little Trojan horse to try to get back to your like normal life. This little excuse to put forward because all you want to do is go back to going to parties and doing your normal bullshit because you've been slightly inconvenienced by having Mm. to stay home Mm. i understand that this has not been easy on anyone but when people then start attacking my community for saying that we're the ones that are making life difficult for them now because our health is being slightly prioritized and we're uh, we would hope that the health is being slightly prioritized yeah and it's like it's not you know Mm. like our health isn't being prioritized at all by government you should on any level and you should see the comments that we're getting on our instagram that i keep deleting about anything to do with this yeah any any time that you say that this has been more difficult for people that have chronic illness or disability Someone needs to arc up in there and completely show their ass by being mm. a cunt. Yeah, I've uh, you know, I I tried to turn off notifications for that. For some reason, my phone's absolutely not having it. It just keeps set, still still sending me notifications for. Uh, oh, Instagram. and it ignores me. That's weird, Chloe. What it ignores my messages? What do you mean? <laughs> I've never ignored your messages ever Today in my is life. Like, Oh, my, my phone was on Do Not Disturb. I didn't hear any of your messages. Yeah, no, that's because my phone <laughs> was on Do Not Disturb and I didn't like, so I didn't get notified about your messages. Oh, sure. I didn't get any of the notifications <laughs> today. Oh, I'm so sorry. You've been, what's you've been smegma, deep... what, what smegma content? Could you I have. I've turned off all notifications for your messages <laughs> because you keep messaging me about things like smegma, people using <laughs> smegma for cheese. That's why, you bitch. No. I joke. The title of it is, now that we've abandoned zero COVID strategies, has Australia abandoned the vulnerable? And their general thing is, no, they haven't been abandoned. If anything, they're prioritising more and that's impacting me because I don't get to go out to parties. 
Um, oh, how about if you want to live in a better fucking place? Mm. We all know that zero COVID's not possible. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I know that I know that other people disagree with me on that. But perhaps instead of having this conversation, let's talk about how we can assist each other as a community. That's the only way that we get out of this. Yeah. That's and it's the only I, way. It freaks me out when even after what, two years of this now, people just no. one, don't seem to get the basics of COVID and just the way to manage things so you're not risking yourself every day. But two, they still haven't learnt that like it's better to tackle this as a community and look after your fellow man at, than it is to just be a selfish fuckhead. And that it's just conservative politics, man. The kingdom of the individual bullshit. Yeah, it's it's wild. This uh, story from the Atlantic came out by um, someone called Helen Lewis, who oh, um, fine publication, the Atlantic. Continue, mm. yes. <laughs> Yeah, and Helen Lewis, who I Googled immediately after because as soon as I read it, I was just like, mmm, there's some red... Mm. This this article is a trash fire, but some of the things that she mentions, I'm just like, mmm, I think you may have done this to minority groups before. And mm. lo and behold, Helen Lewis is mad turfy. <laughs> she is such a turf. She wow. is the turfiest of the turfs. To the point Turf's that proven to be good at like, you mm. know, other other uh, areas of moral politics. How yeah. shocking. shocking. For those out there that don't know what a turf is, it's a trans exclusionary radical feminist. They're all the people that say bad stuff about trans women and usually sex workers as well. Yes. There's a, if they're a turf, then they're likely to be a swerf, which is a sex mm-hmm. worker exclusionary radical feminist. Um, which are fun and words, if you, fun words to uh, say, fun acronyms. If you are uh, any of those things, turn off this podcast now because we don't like our, you. We don't like you. Get away from us. We don't want you here. Yeah. We don't. No. Um, we do not accept any turfism or swerfism here, listening to anywhere. this podcast or being anywhere near us. Anyway, mm-hmm. so at the end of this article, which is generally about the same thing, it's like two years is enough. I'm sick of like kowtowing to like the, you know, all of the these people with with issues already. Like, oh God, what's the term that they use when someone dies from COVID but has like previous, uh, previous issues? Comorbidities. Yeah. She's like, I'm sick of dealing with, you know, like my life not going back to normal because we have to like deal with these people who have issues. Oh, underlying so, conditions. Underlying, underlying conditions. conditions. Thank you. Oh, yeah. God, that was annoying. Yeah. So <clears throat> the end of her article. <clears throat> Sorry. Mm. My God. Whew. So she's not anti-vax. She's not any of this kind of stuff, but she's just an absolute dick of a human being where she's like, I mm. want my life to go back to normal now. Why isn't it? Why do I still have to keep doing this? And so she goes, I'm done, profoundly done, and continues. And that's because yeah, I Yeah, same ho. Yeah. <sighs> that's because I am desperate for a party. So desperate I would attend an enemy's book launch. So Ooh. desperate I would attend an improv comedy night. So desperate mm. I would see an amateur production of Shakespeare. What? All these things are technically legal and available in Britain. But the hassle of masks and the worry of last-minute dropouts mean that, in practice, most of my friends have cleared their diary indefinitely. And so I work and binge-watch and work and doom-scroll and work and see the occasional friend for coffee or dinner when what I really want to do is move freely about the world again. Same? Fuck you, Helen Lewis. You know what? You're an absolute douchebag because if you think that 
you're annoyed by not being able to leave the house, try being a chronically ill and disabled person for whom that is so much more difficult on a general basis, let alone with COVID. Yeah. This this paragraph you've just read could be applicable to, you know, <clears throat> me in some of my worst mm. fibro periods and a lot Same. of the time now. Yeah. Yes, we're all at home watching Netflix and doom scrolling and doing all of that kind of stuff. But, yeah, and it, it, it's, it's annoying. However, there are so much bigger issues than you and you not wanting to be, and you wanting to be able to go about the world freely. And point number two, you actively say that you can do those things. Oh, but my friends can't. So it's like, you can still go to that shitty play. You can still go to your enemy's book launch. Like, you can still do any of these things. These people, these events are still happening. <laughs> you just mm. don't want to go to them alone, apparently. So why the fuck What's am I reading your article about this? Amateur productions of Shakespeare. I don't know. I think they're quite fun. I love it. Yeah. I used to go to a lot of them when I was a kid. This bitch. Yeah, I know. She's like the audacity of this bitch. I the just audacity. Cannot. I would not go to an improv comedy night, however. She is right on that one point. Yeah, that one I will give, I will give her that. Specific, yeah. That I'll give her that one little millimetre of, of correctness. Improv comedy nights, they're awful. Um, however, the rest of it, absolutely disgusting. And <sighs> she, I think she thinks that she's being like really cutesy and funny by, by being like so desperate I would offend like attend an enemy's book launch like who the fuck are you carrie bradshaw you stupid fucking <laughs> idiot like oh my god doesn't that read in a real carrie bradshaw kind of oh mm. anyway this... and i couldn't help but wonder what if i, I could actually go to an amateur shakespeare production i couldn't help but wonder if like what would the world be like if i did go out without a mask like what would everyone think of me oh it just made me want to punch myself in the head until i realized that I'm going to need those brain cells to, like, cage fire Helen Lewis at some point. So, fuck you, Helen Lewis. I think you're a dick. Mm. That's all the for other, me. So, this is a kind of a rhetoric that's going on throughout government as well. Mm. Um, the Centre for Disease Control and Prevention Director, Rochelle Walensky described a study of people who had been vaccinated saying the overwhelming number of deaths over 75% occurred in people who at least who had at least four comorbidities so really these are people that are unwell to begin with and yes really encouraging news in the context of omicron we're really encouraged by these results my god um, so people that with makes disabilities me feel so yeah. loved <laughs> i know I feel so loved by these these people who seem to really like that we exist <laughs> Yeah. So disability advocates and people with disabilities were outraged using the hashtag on Twitter. 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 You should quit it. You should quit it, Twitter. Yeah. It's a garbage place. Uh, Hashtag trash people. My disabled life is worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, Started by activist Amani Barbarin to call out remarks for having pushed the narrative of vulnerable people's lives being disposable and implying that their lives aren't worth protecting. Um, so she did apologize the hurtful yet unintentional statement pertaining to COVID-19 deaths and comorbidities and committed the CDC to regular engagements with the disability community. I suppose that's a step forward, but like, fuck's sake, don't fucking say that. Yeah, it says a lot when that's like what comes out of their mouth naturally when they're 
it's not scripted for them. Like the way you're saying the quiet parts out loud. Exactly. It's funny that where it's just like, oh no, I said the quiet part out loud. Like she wasn't thinking and that's what slipped out. So yeah, it was really distressing to read it as well. Like it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Like (laughs) we're, we feel mm. super, super loved and super uh, appreciated in this country. Mm. Yeah, but that was, uh, she is American. Yeah, And it's not like, there's been a bunch of that going on here as yeah. well. Well, that's what I was thinking. It's that, it's not that like, oh, that's not my country, so it doesn't matter. It's more like that rhetoric is kind of slipping into a lot of different things that are hitting the news every day. And when we're seeing all of that kind of stuff constantly, it just, put, it just puts into the back of your head, oh, cool, like if I died... It's like no big deal, you know, like NBD. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. very, um, it doesn't make you feel super appreciated as a person when that kind of stuff is in your face every day as part of a news article. So, yeah, and I think, um, that article that your friend Kara wrote called The Pandemic, the Premier in the Wheelchair kind of really solidified that how that feels to be spoken to and treated like that. I thought totally. she did a really good job. Yeah. So, my friend, um, <clears throat> my friend Kara wrote an article the other day because she had something really, really horrific happen to her. She went to go get a vaccination and um, she's currently in a wheelchair after injuring herself. And she actually was at the vaccination clinic at the same time that our premier, whose name I cannot say, Perite? Uh. <laughs> Dom It's got too many teeth. Yeah. Like, it's got too many T's and I don't respect it. So, yeah, so she was in a wheelchair and he basically was doing a press conference at a vaccination clinic, which I found super weird in the first place. There's places where you can go and do these press conferences constantly. Like, why are you going to a... Anyway, I think something had happened and he was specifically there for a specific reason. However, so she was sitting there and she was in that bit where it's like you have to wait for 15 minutes after you've had the vaccination. And one of his staffers came up to her and was like, are you waiting? And she, and she was like, yeah, this is obviously the waiting section. But yeah, so she just sort of said, yeah. And she, she does write that her immediate thought was that she was a person sitting in a wheelchair at a vaccination clinic during a New South Wales government press conference about vaccines. So she assumed that she was going to be asked for some kind of photo op, which is sad that the immediate thing that goes into your head it's like oh cool mm. i'm i'm the person in the wheelchair therefore i'm being asked for a photo op by you know so you know they look super cool. sympathetic yeah um so yeah so what ended up happening was that this staffer for our premier ended up basically manhandling Kara, grabbing her while she was in her wheelchair and moving her out the way because the premier had to walk through there she says The way she said premier will stay with me. Her voice was rounded. Her R's were rolled like premier. It was as though though Perite were a king and she was a put-upon footman trying to find space to drape her velvet cloak so his leather Oxfords wouldn't have to touch the plague-riddled floor. It was so dramatic I might have laughed if she hadn't have been shoving me side to side like a rag doll, perhaps searching the room for a large wheelchair-sized garbage bin. Let me help you, she said as an afterthought. I grabbed hold of my will. I can move myself, thanks. But there weren't actually any allocated spaces for wheelchairs at the vaccination clinic. Like, she was in the 
probably the only space that there was enough space for a wheelchair. So, like, she was just hurriedly trying to find somewhere to go and there was nowhere to go. I cannot get over that people still in this day and age will just go, hey, and then move someone in a wheelchair. That is, that is baffling to me. Yeah. So anyway, it was Kara who um, is not part of the uh, disabled community. She's just living with a, uh, an injury at the moment that she's recovering from. But I believe she's got a chronically ill family member. So she's pretty well versed in the uh, the waves of ableism that, that move around us as human beings. Someone told me that it was like a microaggression, but doesn't seem mm. very micro to me. Mm. Grabbing someone's wheelchair and moving it for them. I think we, as we said in a previous podcast, like... When you think about mobility aids as, you know, replacing whatever parts of the body, it's like, that is someone's legs. You would not just ever grab someone's legs and move them out, move them out the way for them. Why would you think that that's okay? It's always, yeah, Mm. something that's always baffled me, but yeah. I like that she says in this, but it's interesting to me as well that this woman whose name I didn't catch because I was too busy trying to stop her from black bagging me and hurling me into an unmarked van <laughs> was a representative of this of a state government that has in their short time in office done everything in their power to remove protections for disabled and immunocompromised people during this pandemic and to make it increasingly difficult for anyone, anyone in this country to ex- access any form of health care. Yeah, it's... Super, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, Kara sort of says that, like, when she went in there, the work, the healthcare workers were sort of saying that they were, like, super understaffed, super overworked. And mm. can you imagine being an overworked? You're at the end of a 14-hour shift doing this and, like, the Premier comes waltzing in, just chucking people in wheelchairs aside mm. to do a press conference to talk about how well he's handling it, the, the pandemic. I, I love like, the update at the bottom. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen this. Update, the 6th of the 1st, 2022, the Southwest ah. Sydney Vaccination Clinic has become a COVID-19 exposure site during the time of Don, Don Peritet's press conference from 9.30am to 11.03am. Love it. I love it. So that's I- that's absolute legend, Kara Schlegel, and you can read more of her writing and go on her Twitter, I reckon, at K A R A S. C H L E G L. You did it. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> I read like, something. It got yeah, really dicey. It did. <laughs> what are we? What are we moving on to now? Spoony hotline, baby. Ooh, here we go. Hello. Hello. Is anyone there? I'm trying to call the Spoony hotline. Woo! It has been so long since I've listened to a Spoonie Hotline and I'm very fucking excited because it's been so long. You guys were super quiet last time and guess what? It's (laughs) been. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Fuck. That actually did start playing in my head just then and I fully have now forgotten what I'm saying. (laughs) You can't interrupt me with... (laughs) It's been... Um, So this week we have some absolute legends mm. um, in the group, in the yeah. Chronically Fully Sick Facebook Truly group. Truly legends, icon stars. Yes. So the first one is beautiful Norma. Um, Norma is amazing and very funny. And this covers a lot of different stuff, but she really wanted me to put a disclaimer on there that says, <laughs> can you please, please put a disclaimer that I do know better than to say rat tests and I am ridiculous embarrassed. <laughs> she is Norma. <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, this one goes for a while, but I'll play it to you. All right. So, um, okay, where's you? I start. This is going to be super rambly um, because I have ADHD and a lot to say, but I can never remember what I want to say. Um, so firstly, my name is Norma. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Um, I have psoriatic arthritis. Uh, fibromyalgia and ADHD. I mean, they're the main ones. We all know that, like, they don't just come in one. They come with all these, like, other weird little comorbidities. Like, I feel like when you first get sick with a chronic illness, they should give you, like, a checklist of, like, you're probably going to end up with these, so just keep an eye out. That would kind of have been a good heads up you know like with uh psoriatic arthritis a lot of the time uh people get costochondritis which feels like a heart attack um i wish someone would warn me about that because feeling like you're having a heart attack is not cool anyway yeah so this is going to be super unhinged and rambly and apologies in advance um i guess i just wanted to check in and voice what everyone's probably feeling which is it fucking sucks right now um it kind of feels like end days, you know, like seeing these numbers of like 30,000 cases and 50,000 cases and, you know, I'll, I'll go to do an urgent errand and people are just walking around like normal. Um, it, it's completely wild to me. And even I know friends who are being forced to continually stay in the workplace and now that we only have close contacts uh yeah there's there's so much risk in that and I'll be honest and say I'm not always coping with it um I I do realize I am extremely extremely fortunate in that I have a supportive workplace and working from home is no issue for me and I also have the luxury of having a whole room to myself set up as a study. Uh, so, you know, I've, I'm so privileged there. Um, but even going to get things like uh, trying to find rat tests or, you know, even just being out doing the groceries, you know, I had to nick a bunch of Valium in the middle of calls uh, one night because the, the, the people and... The fear is there and, you know, it's it's getting so much worse by some of my friends who do have COVID and have gotten it and have, have had it mild. And I hate this rhetoric of just get it and get it over with. Uh, you know, I keep posting things on my Instagram stories and try to, you know, educate and advocate, but it's exhausting Man, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of fighting um, with all this kind of ableist bullshit. Like, I'm, I'm so fucking done. Um, you know, like, I, I shouldn't have to justify why my life matters too. Um, like, we're, we're human beings. So just, just to kind of have to justify why you should be kept safe um, from something that is avoidable with the right health measures. Uh, like, it's wild to me, honestly. Um, so, yeah, I am just trying to find that balance of, 
not becoming a complete shut-in, agoraphobic weirdo who never leaves my house, but sorry, I shouldn't say that. See, again, quite ableist of me, and I'm working on that. Sorry. Um, you know, agoraphobia is, you know, something real and, and something concerning, and, you know, I'm making light of that. Um, I digress. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to be like that, but I'm I'm too scared to catch up with friends. Uh, like, today is, well, we're in the last bit of my birthday and, you know, my partner wanted to take me out uh, to celebrate and he was like, let's do brunch or dinner or something. And I just wasn't comfortable. And like, that's effed up, you know? And yeah, we, we did something nice at home, but I just hate that I'm missing out and it's and it's not fair and people aren't factoring that in. Uh, but I'm sure I'm telling you guys everything that you you already know. <laughs> um, yeah, even, even crazy things. Like I know I had a rant on the Chronically Felicic Facebook page recently because I dealt with a huge issue uh, at my normal GP and even something like trying to get them to do telehealth, just because I, I don't want to go in there if I don't have to, you know, that's that's putting me at risk. And asking them to do telehealth, they said no. And while I was sitting in the waiting room, because of course the doctor was running late and I ended up having to wait an hour to see him, but as I was waiting, I heard a man who was like three meters behind me talking about how he had just hung out with this COVID positive friend. So, like, what is wrong with people? Like, I, I just, look, I don't know. I don't have the answer. Um, I, I keep trying. All I can do is hope that eventually we will get past this Omicron wave and yeah, I, I don't know, like it, it feels pretty, pretty fucking bleak at times. Um, and you know, last year was interesting and I, I mean, I've already rambled long enough. I will talk another time about, you know, just trying to get an ADHD diagnosis as an adult, uh, which is insanely difficult and expensive and really burdensome on the people who have executive dysfunction. Super ironic there. So that, uh, I tried out a ketamine infusion this year as well. 10 out of 10 do recommend. Um, yeah, look, there's, there's always so much going on. Um, and so much that I'm passionate uh, talking about and sharing and, you know, I kind of am starting to get my stride, uh, being more open and comfortable sharing with people and trying to normalize uh, what disabled looks like because we all love being told you don't look disabled. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, having those conversations and I guess because I have been ranting, I should finish on a somewhat positive note. I will say I am so incredibly grateful for the amazing community we have uh, online the chronically fully sick facebook group um yeah just what a bunch of like incredible 
people. It's uh, such a supportive little safe space. Um, and, you know, it's it's helped me so much. And, yeah, it's, it's just such a, a valuable resource. So, you know, I guess that's the one silver lining and the one thing that I am, am grateful is for, you know, having that community um, and having that support, um, even though it would be nice if the rest of society fucking catched up. But, you know, that's beside the point. Uh, anyway, on that note, I will leave you guys. Um, great job bloody fantastic love the podcast and yeah uh if people are interested about other random stuff i'm always happy to to talk about my journey or my experience um with things like ketamine or you know adhd diagnosis all those fun things or or asking for like flexible arrangements at work i'm a pro at that now it's great Anyway, this is me finally signing out. Uh, Enjoy, guys. I hope everyone is keeping safe and taking care of each other and just continuing to check in Um, because while as a country it might not be we're all in this together uh, as a little group of spoonies that could we're in it together. God, that was so fucking corny. Anyway, uh us spoonies are in it together so we'll figure it out because some badass bitches and bastards no that doesn't quite work badass bitches it's fine peace out norma (laughs) the chaotic energy of that is just so perfect for this podcast i just cannot it's unbelievable thank you so much for that that was honestly beautiful (laughs) that was poetry amazing individual our norma um i do agree like i would just love like a book that has comorbidities in it when he diagnoses something like that costochondritis like we were saying earlier oh i'm having a heart attack or something what the hell yeah (laughs) is it my anxiety is it my fibro is it the costochondritis as a comorbidity like what is it like you know is my chest pain something to go to hospital for or not who Mm. knows Mm. Um, yes, a book with all the comorbidities would be amazing, but also that would be a very long book. So who knows? We are we strong enough to carry that around? It's big. (laughs) Mm. Um, I'm obsessed with you being like, I went to Coles and had to neck a bunch of Valium. That's the biggest mood I've ever, (laughs) I've ever felt. I'm like, "Mm, yes, big, big mood. (laughs) Very true. And yeah, just constant having to advocate for ourselves once again, but in the public sphere is just exhausting. We've been doing so much heavy lifting when it comes to educating other people and like trying to let everyone know how to look after themselves because we're experts in it. It's so exhausting to having to advocate for yourself constantly and then also have to educate other people constantly as well you know guys the whole thing with being chronically ill is that we're tired all the time like do we have to do all this extra shit as well Mm. (laughs) yeah and where she says justifying why you should be kept safe from something that is avoidable is very on the money yeah so it's like you were saying earlier community is sort of what we need to focus on you Mm. know that's Mm -hmm. our our way out yeah 
Speaking of community, a num- another member of our little community uh, sent us another clip for Spinny Hotline this week. Uh, their name's Ezra. Over to you, Ezra. Hey, Chronically Felicicos. This is Ezra Adams. I am a member of the Chronically Felicic group, so some of you probably know my name from there. Um, yeah, I just wanted to have like a bit of a rant, I guess, as like a disenfranchised raver slash doof kid who can't party these days very much anyway because of my chronic illnesses but like I can't party at all anymore and I don't know if I'm ever going to want to again in like the same ways that I have in the past because I feel so ostracized from supposedly a community that I am connected with have been a part of for 15 years, have done a lot of work in a lot of different areas, a lot of peer support, a lot of saving people's lives when they've overdosed. I have paid my dues and then some in terms of like being a good community member. Um, And I'm realising now that it doesn't matter because there's a whole bunch of people in that scene that don't care if disabled people die and they won't admit it to themselves. So they gaslight me and shut me down when I try and bring up conversations or tell them the reality of the impact of their choices. I had to tell some friends a few nights ago on the night the density restrictions were coming back in that it was setting a bad example and that it was going to spread COVID, that they were running a gig and telling people that it was the last chance to bump and grind for a while. And I know that people wouldn't have been wearing masks because all you have to do is put a drink in your hand and then you can get away with it. And everybody's been doing that. I've seen it at so many photos of so many parties in the last few weeks, none of which I've been to because I don't feel safe to as someone who is a little bit at risk of COVID. And, um, yeah, I've been shut down I'm losing friends like nobody's business I think the only thing that even comes close to this amount of like losing friends all at once would have to have been like grade six when my whole friendship group turned against me and I could never really figure out why and now I think it's probably because I'm neurodivergent and like often I'm just so honest that it upsets people and I think that's what's happening now because I'm being told it's fucked up for me to say that people are putting disabled people's lives at risk when they actually are. And like, it's not fucked up to do it. Apparently it's just fucked up to say it. Um, so yeah, I'm losing friends a lot and the pandemic's really taught me one thing. And I guess that's why I wanted to do my spoony hotline today. Um, that one thing is that You all are my people. This community is the community I want to invest my energy into in the future. I don't know if I'm going to want to share a dance floor with people who think eugenics is okay once all this settles, if it ever does. You know, I just don't see myself looking around on the dance floor and feeling happy or comfortable when I know where these people's hearts and intentions are and that they actually like desperately lacking in integrity and you know it's one thing to see that from wider society but when you see it in these like supposedly like countercultural um 
scenes where it's supposed to be progressive and inclusive and, you know, we love everybody and all this shit. No, it's actually just like cultural appropriation, white supremacy, conspiracy theory, like cognitive dissonance, selfish behavior and mass delusion at the moment. That's the doof scene. That's the rave scene. And it's so fucking sad and so fucking gross. But I'm glad that I've seen it for what it is now because I don't want to waste my precious energy when I have fatigue and, like, you know, just limited spoons. You all want to know how, to, how it is. I have a lot of different conditions. Um, anyway, I don't want to waste my limited energy on people that think that it's okay for them to put the lives of disabled people at risk just because ScoMo said something's okay. Like, maybe if ScoMo says you should do something, maybe think about doing the opposite. I don't know. And then they all have the fucking gall to complain about the fact that there's no tests available. Like, I don't know, maybe if you didn't all, like, go to, like, several hundred people strong parties on the weekend and not wear masks and not social distance, like, we wouldn't need as many tests for one thing. But also, like, did they really expect that the federal government were going to have their shit together? Like, I don't understand why after two years or the last three years, like between the bushfires and the pandemic response, I can't understand why anyone would think that ScoMo is doing his job or ever going to. I don't understand why you would. But they're all just like, oh, but like ScoMo said, it's okay for us to do this now. So you're being mean and I don't like you. And I'm just gobsmacked actually. But um, I love the disabled community. You all have like shown me what it, like really means to be community community and to be a part of one and yeah I love and value you all so much don't ever give up keep your heads up we all matter every single one of us matter and I don't care how much the world outside tries to tell us we don't I'm never gonna fucking stand for that and you shouldn't either Stay strong, sickos. I love you all heaps. Bye. Oh, my God. Standing ovation for that. My God. That was, yeah, man, what a what an end to a Spoonie hotline. That was just mm. the power, the energy, the vibe. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I loved, I loved it. it too. Thank you so much, Ezra. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of shock finding out that people you thought that had the same morals as you do, mm. the shock of finding out that they don't is really hectic. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I've never been a part of the sort of like rave counterculture kind of stuff, but just queer spaces in general I've found have been really, really bad for that lately. Like it's just party after party after party, photos in my feed constantly, and then the same people will complain that they're having to be kept home for, you know, because the numbers are going up or they can't find rats or whatever it is. Hey, guys, maybe stop, like, bumping and grinding on the dance floor, like, every two seconds in Inner West. Like, fucking hell. Mm. Like, just maybe mm. just, like, the lack of intersectionality of the LGBTIQ, yeah, community in general, not great, but a, a subject for a different place. Wild. Mm. There's a lot of people I know from the rock and roll community, punk community. There's a couple yeah. of them that I just have this cooked idea that following public health directives from the Victorian government 
and having some sort of responsibility to your fellow people isn't punk rock or something. That's fucked. It's really strange. I've I've always found that really difficult with punk when it's like, fuck authority, I don't believe anything you say. It's like, yeah, sure. Like on a base level, that's correct. However, the very baseline of punk about anything else is about community, valuing your community. I find it really strange. Mm. I just don't understand the mental gymnastics. Totally. They are reaching and the reaching Mm. is real far. God, there is some people that do love a reach in in those communities. So I think... To an extent, even though there's a lot of stuff happening that's scaring a lot of people in our community, and rightfully so, I really think that um, people that, as we've discussed, that have been through chronic illness or disability or are still there, um, have a larger distress tolerance for, Mm. you know, this kind of stuff, mentally prepared for it. You don't see any of us completely losing it we should honestly be leading the response to the pandemic not this government because honestly we'd be really good at it (laughs) well the whole thing about rats being manufactured by i think two places here in australia and they've just sold them overseas straight away yeah they didn't even have tga approval and we've been we've been doing that for ages making them for ages (laughs) like i know we're just like we just keep expecting like the base level of public health response from the federal government and they yeah I don't know why I keep expecting them to be prepared for anything, but you'd think of two with two years and nope. seeing everything around the world happening and how other countries have had to handle it, that would give you a roadmap to that, but apparently not. No. It's like they're just hoping they're going to wake up one day and just be like, oh, it was all it's a dream. Over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. It was all a dream. They are looking for <sighs> deus ex machina to this, <laughs> to this pandemic and they'll, mm. they'll do no planning otherwise because it yeah. will be solved by you know, something random. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Ezra. That was absolutely beautiful. Sexy, powerful. Sex- sexy. Loved it. Yeah. Powerful, hot. We loved it. Um, mm. Yeah. Just the, the line, like not caring for disabled people. It's not shocking to do it. Just shocking to point it out. Oof. Mm. Oof. Oof. If you would like to send in your own Spoonie hotline, it could be about pandemic, it could be about anything, anything. Mm. Um, we have a poet lorikeet that Jamila that sends us poetry quite regularly, as some yes. of you might be aware. Mm-hmm. Anything you'd like to do, we love it. Um, yes. So you can just record um, a voice memo into your phone. Make sure you're not in a wind tunnel. Tunnel. Yes. <laughs> Tell us your pronouns and email it to chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com and we'll play it. Yes. We will play it and we will respond to it. And if it's as motivational as Ezra's, we will clap very, yep. very, like very readily. So we love to clap. We love everything you say. We love everything you do. And thank you so much for listening to us and uh, Spoonie hotlining with us. We love you and we'll see you again very soon. Yes. Sooner rather oh, than later, hopefully. We will see you again soon. Love Bye. you all. Bye. Do 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 do